0: everyone welcome back to a very excited impromptu busted header podcast featuring extreme they didn't hear a single bit of that your gains just killed that featuring an extremely drunk jake who's giving me thumbs up he is very very excited for this podcast deep as he said on our on our (laughs) pre-show he does not know he does not know how to process his emotions on this so this is going to be a wild ride that I wish we had a video for, because he's now crying. <laughs> this is where we're at. <laughs>
1: I'm not. I'm just wiping my eyes through itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: as you can tell, this is recorded just after the Pistons won the NBA Draft Lottery. Uh, the Pistons moved up one spot, hopping over the Rockets to take the number one pick on July 29th. That being said, everyone Woo! and their mother believes that the Pistons will... Whoever got number one, but definitely the Pistons, will take Cade Cunningham, the point guard out of Oklahoma State. Jake, not dancing. <laughs> I am very much in charge of this podcast, and most, for the most part, I'm not even sure where to go. Jake, try and express This boat your doesn't
1: have a rudder, <laughs> but it's going to end up where it needs to be anyways.
0: <laughs> I'm usually the one along for the ride, not the other way around, so this is it. This is a weird feeling Uncharted territory for both of us, let's go We should have definitely been recording this Because this is too funny not to watch uh, Which is great for all our audio listeners here Um, That being said, so like I said The Pistons will likely be taking Cade Cunningham With the number one pick If not, there's a very small chance If something goes wrong to Cade That Evan Mobley will be probably the top pick But as a whole Troy and I are going to have to have a talk (laughs) Um, but as a whole, um, it was a very good day for the Pistons. This was our third uh, time in franchise history getting the number one overall pick, the first time in many years. As uh, was it Woj brought up on the telecast talking about how <laughs> uh, one of our the last time I think we had the first overall pick we picked someone out of St. Bonaventure. So that kind of shows you how what? times have changed.
1: I thought it was. Lanier was the last one. Was he? Maybe I I think it was Lanier. I don't remember another number one pick. Maybe. You ready for some bad podcasting while I do this live on the thingy? Yep. The podcast. While well, I do this live on the podcast, because that's what happens when you do it live on the podcast.
0: This is also likely going to be unedited completely, so enjoy the mess that this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> he did bring up I don't I don't know if it was I don't know if it was the most recent one, or he did bring up that the Pistons took someone from because Zeke from was two. Oh, Lanier was from Saint Bonaventure. What? How did I not know that? He was
1: okay. yeah, Nope. That's a go. fun fact for me
0: too. Ah, uh, I did not know that. So there you go. Bob Back in nineteen seventy, Saint
1: Bonaventure.
0: So it's been what, fifty-one years since the Pistons and got the number one overall. Two
1: pick. years prior was Jimmy Walker. That was back, and those are the whole. That's the whole history of the Pistons with the number one.
0: Yep, and a lot of number twos, laptop fives, as you look back through the years. But that was the first one, or those are the only two that we've had that were number one overall. So this will be the third. Jimmy
1: Walker wasn't even that good. I I know nothing about Jimmy Walker, and I've paid a lot of attention to the Pistons, <laughs> and that's just not a good sign.
0: Looks like he was Just a saying. two-time All-Star. This is about where we're at with this podcast. So, you think it's definitely locked in decay? or do you think there's any
1: chance to the contrary? I think Troy has shown that he's willing to be contrarian if it fits his ideals. I think picking Isaiah Stewart was something that, like, two out of 30 GMs would have done. So... Like I'm not gonna give a guarantee, but also if it's not Cade, then it's like I I don't I don't know I don't know what else it would be. Mm-hmm. Like it would be the Cade Mobley or, or Jalen Green. I don't I don't I mean, think I anyone guess. else gets in that. And I guess Suggs maybe. Like I, I guess I'm not high enough on Suggs to really process that as being a number one pick, but it would be one of those three if it's not Cade and I don't I don't know what he would see in those three that would take him take them over Cade so mm-hmm. um, I, I mean there's been enough like was it Hollinger who just like dropped his thing on the athletic and was like uh, Scotty Barnes should be the number three pick which is a wildly <laughs> stupid take that's a take that is a take <laughs> Um, it's a hor- horrific take And if he gets, if he's right about that, it's going to be pure luck because his excuses for it were terrible. But like, I don't, I don't know who else you'd take number one, if it's not Cade or Mobley. And you're probably deciding between the two on fit at that point more than like actual skill projection. So I'm pretty sure it's Cade. Yeah, I think pretty sure. Like 98% sure. (laughs) For the the top pick Not quite enough to buy a jersey before the lottery But definitely enough to buy the jersey after the lottery
0: (laughs) So you're buying jerseys midway through the draft
1: Sorry, draft Not lottery, draft Okay (laughs) Yeah, I think The the, rum is speaking now
0: Yeah, the rum is the only thing talking at the moment for Jake I think there's about a 99% chance I'm going to go a little bit higher than you In saying that the Pistons take Kate Cunningham Bold.
1: You're always the bold one. I am.
0: I do always like to go out on a limb. And I feel like that's a low percentage, honestly. Especially after, like, immediately after the draft lottery was announced, Boge came out and said, like, yeah, Cade Cunningham is going to be going to one, like, draft interview. And that's going to be whoever had the number one pick. So now it's going to be Detroit. Which kind of makes you feel like Cade isn't going to be one of those guys that tries to, like, shift where he's going. Like you heard with LaMelo Ball after the fact that he had only interviewed with, or only like had a draft workout with the Hornets. At least that's what I believe I had saw. So he very much shaped where he wanted to go. Cade doesn't seem like he he wants to, you know, avoid working out for the Pistons to go to like the Rockets or the Cavs, the Raptors. Cade sounds like he's he's taken sure number 1. He
1: has the option to do that. I mean, like like LaMelo was enough of a of an unknown that like you could influence people and you could be like, Well, we're not gonna give you my medicals, so don't draft me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like he had just the tiniest bit of leverage there. You know, uh Ant Man went first in that draft, for example. Like Cade is like a ninety-five percent first round pick. Mm-hmm. Like like ninety five percent of people have him not first round, first overall, excuse me. Uh like 95% of people have him first overall. So, I don't think he has that kind of leverage to play with GMs the way that um the way that LaMelo did or like Kobe is famous for being like I'm going to the Lakers and fuck you if you want yeah. to draft me. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think Cade has the leverage to do that cuz they'll be like, well, then you'll sit here and not play for 4 years cuz we're going to keep you. Mm-hmm. You know, I he's he's going to be If the Pistons want him, he'll be a Piston for seven years. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's
0: kind of the point I'm making is that there's, as long as the Pistons want him with that pick, they're going to be taking him, and at this point, I don't see why they wouldn't want him. On the off chance, you know, they go through the workout and see something wrong, or there's a medical that comes back that, like, gives back bad news, like, maybe an Evan Mobley, that's the only way I could see him sneak in there.
1: How bad would the medical have to be?
0: He's gonna have to have. If he
1: has an A, he Cade Cunningham has an ACL tear. That's fine. Do you still take He's him first overall? Take him um, The ol- Cade Cunningham has testicular cancer. Do you still take him first overall? Yeah, I think so. That Cade Cunningham has pancreatic cancer. Do you still take him first overall? Tough,
0: but still yes. <laughs> I think the only thing that would keep yes ALS. I think the only thing <laughs> that would still keep take me him away. First overall? Wait, what, what was that?
1: i said if he has als does he, do you still take him first overall
0: then i might work out evan mobley <laughs> okay but i mean as long as he doesn't have like brandon roy's knees like his actual knees like they transplanted them from brandon roy to his knees as long as that's not the case i think i mean i'm pretty set on him like
1: are we also transitioning the gunshot
0: wounds hmm, no we'll let him get his own Okay.
1: Look <laughs> okay, at so, like he's on the cover of 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, just about to take seven to the chest. <laughs> it's initiation to get into
0: the business, apparently.
1: Now I wish I was sober enough to Photoshop that.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it for tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be a Photoshop no one's going to understand, but we're going to be here for it. Um, so I'd say the big question, you know, now that everything is all settled there. What do you think about Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham together? We need to tackle this question now. We're going to probably nuance it throughout the rest of this off season, but that's going to be a talking point is can Killian and Cade play together, play alongside each other?
1: I th- I think you're pretty safe. I mean, Cade surprised a lot of people by being like a 40% three-point shooter in uh in college. I want to check the exact number, uh, yeah, it was 40 literally the 40%. <laughs> 40 on the dot. Um, on a real volume, mm-hmm. too. I mean, he shot 5.7 a game. So you're talking about a guy who can legitimately shoot and space the floor for other people. And that's always the concern. Like, if you draft, like, an Evan Mobley, then... Killian's progression as a three-point shooter becomes a lot more critical because you need to space the floor. Mm-hmm. You know you need to have a threat off the pull-up in order to to give someone like Evan Mobley a chance to to really threaten the rim. With Cade, it's like okay, you know if something doesn't work. I'm going to give it to the guy who shoots 40 percent on pull-up three. I mean, the the Cade shot nearly six threes a game, and most of them were difficult looks. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe yeah. one of those six was something created by someone else for him, if that. So actually, <laughs> less than that. Honestly, we're, right. So you know, you're talking about a guy who, like, he's gonna shoot a good rate. He probably shoots like 37 as a as a rookie. I think that's probably a reasonable expectation. If you know, even if Killian doesn't improve in his three point percentage, which you know, I'm I'm a believer that. that that will improve over time. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't this year or or next year, if you want to say it like that, I, I still think Cade fits pretty seamlessly. Like, you're going to – you can run a Killian-Cade pick-and-roll if you want. Yeah. You can run a Killian-Stewart pick-and-roll with Cade in the corner or Killian plus whoever. Mm-hmm. You can run – you know, if you decide that, like, Killian got his um, – how do I put it like his shock minutes out of the way? Like you started Killian in order to get him uh acclimated to the to the NBA, right? You're like, hey, we're gonna throw you into the fire. You're probably gonna get burned. Yeah. <laughs> but we need that to happen in order for you to succeed down the road. That's probably like done. Like if he comes off the bench for the rest of the season, not the worst thing in the or for the for the next season, I should say, not the worst thing in the world for for Killian. Mm-hmm. If you start Corey Joseph and Killing comes off the bench and, like, you can still do stuff around Cade as just, like, a shooter when he's off the ball. And, you know, you can start Cade Cunningham at your three or your two or your four, depending on what you want. I hope you don't start him at the four because that would be silly. (laughs) That would be a waste Um, of a good player. but (laughs) Yeah, but, like, you can do that next to a Sadiq Bey and a Corey Joseph and have spacing that works just fine. Mm-hmm. So i it's it's really hard. I don't know what lineup Cade Cunningham doesn't fit in. Like yeah. you could put Cade Cunningham in the Pistons like does not shoot lineup where it's like Hamadou Diallo <laughs> and Josh Jackson <laughs> does not shoot. And, and uh and Mason Plumley like all in the same lineup. And like yeah it's gonna be weird but Cade Cunningham's still gonna do Cade Cunningham stuff in that lineup. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's not gonna be your best lineup, but it's not gonna be, it's not gonna suffer because he's part of the lineup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think he's he's not gonna be the reason any lineup sucks. And I think kind of because <laughs> the, the, the worst thing that happens is you stuff him in the corner and he becomes a spot up shooter.
0: Yeah, I think kind of the coolest thing about Cade is he's not just like a point guard, but he's also six seven. Like he can play the two easily. He's he can big. play the three. Yeah, he can.
1: Like, he he's big he plays pretty physical on defense and like in an in a an era of the Nba that is very spaced out and lots of um you know lots of people who would have been a three 20 years ago play the four now yeah it's very rare to see a true power forward kate Cunningham can probably play the four is that the best use of him probably not in most situations you know like there might be a situation where it's like you know what? No, I take it back. I don't think there's any situation where Cade and like Jeremy Grant is like your 4 and 5. I don't know that that makes any sense, but like it could he could play the 4 if it were not for the fact that Jeremy Grant's just your yeah, exactly. your best option there. We're pretty locked into the oh, 4. <laughs> but like it, he's he he is versatile enough to play there mm-hmm. if you needed him to. So, yeah, you you've got that kind of flexibility.
0: Where do you think his best position will be in the NBA? Not just not just on the Pistons, but like, just imagine a blank roster. Where do you think he works best? Is he going to be best as a point guard? Think he'd be best as an off-ball two guard? Like, where do you think he would be? Where do you think he would excel the most?
1: I think it doesn't matter. I th- I think if you go into like the how do I put it? like the the Ben Simmons thing, where like Ben Simmons is a point guard, It doesn't matter how tall he is. Like that's a mistake. You're shoehorning yourself into something for stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. If you surround Cade Cunningham with three to four people who can shoot, it doesn't matter if he's the fourth tallest person on the floor or the tallest person on the floor. Like, you're going to have a good offense. Now, defensively, you know, you probably want one person uh, more capable than him of guarding a guard. You know, you're Mm -hmm. going to want a point guard defender on the floor. Whether or not that point guard defender... Like, you could have, like, a Patrick Beverly who is not a point guard, right? He's not a guy who leads your offense, but he is a point guard defender. He defends point guards. You might want that kind of player on your team next to Cade Cunningham because just like a Luka Doncic, even though Cade dominates the ball, you still probably want somebody a little more agile defending the point guard. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, you need a center. He's not going to play center for you. He's not going (laughs) to defend the rim for you. Yeah. And you can probably fit him in anywhere. So, like, he can be the second tallest to the fourth tallest guy in your team. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the reason I bring that up <laughs> is because fine. coming into the draft, everyone considers Cade, of course, like a standard point guard. Like, he's going to bring the ball up the court. He's going to play the one. The Pistons have a, a lot of point guards on their roster at the moment. We have, um, going into the next season, we have Kojo. We have Killian, of course. Frank Jackson is a unrestricted free agent. Saban Lee is a restricted Frank free Jackson agent. Frank Jackson is
1: not a point guard.
0: Yeah, he's a guard that... Yeah, whatever.
1: He is not a point guard. Regardless,
0: <laughs> you have Dennis Jr. and Lee both as restricted free agents. Do you think the Pistons bring back both 1 Sabinley or zero? will be back. Lee will be back. Sa- be- Sa- Lee will be back almost guaranteed. Do you think he'll be back on the full roster? Do you think he'll be back as a...
1: What, what's the two-way player? I think he probably... It's hard. Um... I think it depends very much on how they fill out the roster in free agency. I'd say it's like a ninety-eight percent chance he's back. Yeah, I, I think Sabine's you, ha- get ha- ha- back you have well. to to get a diff, uh, a legitimately special free agent acquisition to supplant him. Um, I'm not sure what guard in this draft would take over his spot either. Like, I don't know if like the I, I can't remember what the Pistons have. Um as far as second round drafts,
0: they have three picks. One is at thirty seven. One's at forty two. It's thirty. It's
1: thirty seven, forty two, and fifty two. Yep. Yeah. So like, I don't know that there's a guy you're gonna get at thirty seven that you're gonna like more than what Sabin Lee showed you last year. Yeah. Um. So I, I just, I think, like I said, there's like a ninety eight percent chance he's back. Um. And Sabin Lee was you know, the Corey Joseph pick
0: last year and was a, played pretty damn well this year too. So yeah, I, I expect like, him to be back again.
1: Much like Bruce Brown, you're getting the best possible version of a second round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting you're not gonna find a second round pick you like much more than that. So um I don't know that you find a guy you like more than that. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy with Saban Lee there. I'm happy you know, Corey Joseph is gonna be more of a
0: That was my next question. Do you think Corey jo- do you think this changes the Corey Joseph situation, being able to draft Cade Cunningham? <sighs> Because you know what I want to do, I want to uh, trade him and use that contract.
1: <laughs> I know you do, and actually, so I was also in the either cut or trade him for for space, and I'm almost like this. This encourages me to keep him because I don't need the other roster spot as much. Like I just drafted a guy who can, who can fill in at shooting guard, small forward, and power forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I need a free agent in any of those positions anymore because I just got Kate Cunningham. Yeah. So like, you know, at shooting guard before it was like, well, it's Frank Jackson, and then it's a couple of guys who don't shoot, and now it's like, well, if I have to, I'll play Kate Cunningham there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so not like losing having, there. you know, we've we've heard reports that like, um, Dwayne Casey really likes Corey Joseph. Um, I think James Edwards has said before that. Uh Killian Hayes is pretty appreciative of what Corey Joseph does as a veteran.
0: Yeah.
1: So like, yeah, having you know, if you cut him, I think you save ten million. I think he's on twelve yeah, year something like that. and you get two and a half is guaranteed, something like that. So, you know, you can save ten million for a free agent, but I don't know what spot that free agent needs to fill.
0: Yeah. It's like the pistons. So need then the question
1: becomes Right. So then the question becomes what do you do with all those second round picks? Like for me it's like you trade as many of them as you can get into the 20s and draft JT Thor. You know, spoiler alert for probably a draft pod we do in the future. I love JT Thor very much and he'd be a guy I'd target at like 22 or something like that if you can draft if you can trade into that range. Um you know, so maybe there's some some wiggle room there where you find there's a free agent you want and you can you know whatever i but i don't think I, th- I think with with Cade Cunningham on the roster you have a guy who fits into so many spots and you already have a roster that has so many things so many bases covered i don't think you're forced into a free agent move like i don't think the pistons go into this offseason and are you know on July 3rd i don't think they're like oh my god we need this mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what position that is you know they probably say okay we probably want some shooting uh, especially from like the four and the five. You know, maybe they look at a guy, um, you know, a taller player who can rim protect and shoot the three a little bit. Like, you know, uh, Tolliver, I think, is out of the league at this point. I think so. Am I so, yeah. right in saying that? Unfortunately, I think you. I want to say he took like a free agent job with someone, or a, not a, a front office job with somebody. And I, I might be wrong about that. But like, mm-hmm. you might want your Tolliver kind of player, you know, just like a minimum. Uh, salary guy who can just space the floor, be a veteran. You know, um, like, uh, who's the guy who was on the heat for a while and who got in trouble for being... I want to interrupt
0: this really quick. Uh, Oh, crap. The white guy. I can't think of his name. Um, He's... (laughs) Anthony Tolliver (laughs) was on a roster up until Sunday. (laughs) He was on the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) I did not know that.
1: Yeah, I... I couldn't. I knew. I knew he got picked up by a team. I couldn't remember if it was a front office or a roster role. It says he signed. A, At this point, you know Anthony Tolliver's roster role is a front office role. You know he's a coach yep, yep. on the roster. He regards, signed,
0: but two ten days and then signed a full contract. Myers Leonard.
1: Myers Leonard. Yeah. Of. If you can get
0: Obviously him without the background. Do not
1: pay Miles Myers Leonard because he's a racist. We don't support that on this podcast. That's bad. But someone like that might make sense for the Pistons. Just like. There will be a uh I don't even, I don't even want to say a need. There will be there's a space on this roster for a for a big man who can space the floor. Yeah. It's um, not necessarily a need, but definitely I don't know confusing. that it's a necessity, but it is it is the kind of thing where it's like it would be nice to have this wrinkle if for nothing else than just just to throw it out there for seven minutes a game once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm
1: i don't know what else is on the roster like you can find you can find a lineup that spaces the floor you can find a lineup that can run and transition you know you have athletes and shooters you don't have guys um who are athletes and shooters which is you know the next step for detroit to take as they think about becoming a playoff team but who cares right now you got Kate cunningham <laughs> yeah
0: exactly like you just figure out the rest later at this point
1: i I, i'm worried about whether or not the Pistons make a playoff game or play in game i should say yeah. and like you know what that what that impact on the team building process is if they actually are that good next year i'm not worried about what the fourth seed looks like
0: yeah no we i we, keep saying that's a long for way two down years the road. down the road even even yeah. with getting gate it's still a long ways down the road all right so one quick thing before we end um i want to get first to you and then i'll do my own take, what do you think is going to be the thing Pistons fans will enjoy most about the presumptive number one pick, Cade Cunningham?
1: Do you have an answer? Because I don't know if I have an answer yet.
0: So the answer that I was going to say would be kind of that aggressive um, attacking on the offensive end. I don't feel like the Pistons have had a player who was an aggressive like attack the attack the rim, attack a defender. Just like an all-out, all-the-time player who is going to just bring it on the offensive end on every single play. I can't even think of a... uh, Grant Hill? I can't think of a Pistons player who's been able to do that. And from what I saw at Cade in Oklahoma State in the limited amount of time I got to watch him was that he brings it 100%. He's one of those guys who will shoot like a fuck you three from the corner just because he wants to. Like, he has... That aggressiveness that I feel like you don't always see at the top of the lottery. And more than anything else, that's something that I can't wait to bring to this basketball team because I think they could even use a little bit. Like, Jeremy's got a little bit of that, but he's still trying to get his kind of sea legs as that like big-time scoring option. Killian might have it. I don't think we've got a chance to see it yet. But just just having someone like that to play around a Killian, Sneak Bay... Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, like, the future is very bright. And I feel like Cade Cunningham is exactly what the Pistons needed. And I cannot wait until next fall to start watching him play in a Pistons uniform.
1: So, like, what what you're saying reminds me a lot of, like, Blake Griffin. Like, Blake yeah, Griffin yeah. was the guy who was willing to take on shots that were bad shots because they needed to be shot, right? Mm-hmm. Blake you know, for, like, like, a year and a half. <laughs> right, but, like you know it, it is one of those things where you know you have to have someone who's willing to take the bad shot because they're the star player on the team and maybe Killian Hayes is that guy in the future maybe he's not we're not sure yet you know it in theory that's Killian is the guy who can do that mm-hmm. but um Cade is definitely a guy who'll do that i'm just kind of i don't know i'm going over the the things in my head and it's like we talked about fit earlier and one of the things Maybe I want to pump the brakes on a bit. Is this idea that like Cade Cunningham is just going to be a go-getter scorer, like he was that in college? I think he might be a little limited athletically in the pros, where he might not be the guy who just pressures the rim all the time. Um, you know, if he's your primary guy, it's going to be in a similar way to like Luca, where it's a, a it's a craft thing, right? It's not a it's not like John Morant, where I'm just going to blitz you all the time um it's definitely going to be step backs and subtleties and pass fakes um but i think really what we saw from Cade in oklahoma city that i think is going to oklahoma city oklahoma state excuse me <laughs> uh that is going to translate is like just leadership qualities yeah true like, Yeah, he was just a really he wasn't even the most vocal leader from like a A media perspective like that was thrust upon him was the media role because no one else is going to be that. I think watching him uh, talk with the media, he's still kind of a reserved character. I don't know that you're going to get. So like Blake Griffin was that guy with the Pistons where he was going to, you know, crack jokes with the media and be a media star. I don't know if Cade's going to be like, he's more serious with the media But what you are definitely going to get is a guy who's willing to take vocal leadership on the court, who's willing to, you know, take the last shot, take shots in clutch time. Like, I think you're just going to get a guy who has a star presence that I think we maybe wanted to see from Killian and didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe disappointed some fans and maybe colored um, people's perception of what Killian Hayes provided a little differently. You know, like, I think maybe – uh, I think a lot of people are disappointed in what Killian did. And it might be because they were hoping that he was going to be their Damian Lillard. And obviously yeah. he wasn't ready for that yet. And I think Kate is the kind of guy who steps in and is like ready for those shots. Mm-hmm. And I think that, more than anything else, is what people are going to miss. You you definitely have a number one guy to talk about.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. That's this is the guy who's going to be in all the interviews. It's going to be the guy everyone's talking about. He is the face of the franchise, and hopefully one day the face of the league. Who knows? (laughs) It could happen. When when was the
1: last time Detroit had the face of the league?
0: I'd argue Ben Wallace's hair was the face of the league. That wasn't really his face, but it was his hair. The
1: Correct answer is never. Well, yeah. The correct answer. You know, (laughs) we've always been the black sheep. Never had the guy, and I think it's maybe an exaggeration to say that Kate like. Cade is a guy who I have probably my highest draft grade on in a while and probably like the highest grade I have on a guy I'm trying to think maybe fourth highest Uh, you know like since the LeBron draft like in the last 20 years it's like LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic mm-hmm. and then it's like Cade Cunningham or uh, Carl Anthony Towns excuse me obviously Cade is in there but like so he's like fourth, fifth, sixth somewhere on the board in the last twenty years. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. But I'm also not sure like it's it's one of those weird things where like a lot of the guys that you don't necessarily know are gonna be stars are stars. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that we all thought Jason Tatum was gonna be this no. I, and I, I was that. higher on Jason Tatum than a lot of people were, but I didn't know he was going to be this. You can look at Donovan Mitchell um, as well.
0: No one thought he was going to be what he is. And, hey, and I thought happened.
1: Donovan Mitchell was going to be good. You shut the fuck up. I thought he was going to um, be good, too. I
0: didn't think he was going to be all NBA.
1: I loved Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Whatever you I, were in. I kind of take the blame and apologize to Luke Kennard because I was the guy who posted Donovan Mitchell stuff on, like, RNBA. Uh That was back when I was, like, still really into Reddit. And I stirred up a lot of trouble, and there were a lot of people I know that like definitely read my post, and then immediately became John- Donovan Mitchell fans, and are still <laughs> the kind of people bitching about Donovan. Like I know your usernames; I see you. You don't listen to this podcast, but I see your posts, <laughs> and I know who you are, and I know that it's my fault. That I apologize. <laughs> <sighs> I was right, but I also apologize. <laughs> so,
0: as always, he will never, he will never not let you know but, what he's right.
1: But it's like it's one of those things where it's like we I, and I think we've talked about this before on Cade. So like Cade isn't the most athletic guy. Like there's a decent chance that Cade isn't the top guy in this draft when it's all said and done. Like Evan Mobley mm-hmm. or Jalen Green could have the better career. It's possible. I think Cade has the most uh, consistent the career and the and the well that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he even has the highest potential. Like if Jalen Green, as athletic as he is, figures it all out. Then he probably is that guy, but I don't think he figures it like the, the odds of him figuring it all out are way longer. Long odds are bad. Long odds are bad. So the odds are way longer than, than cage figuring it out. Right. Like, you know, it's hard to, to say is my point, but like, yeah, the Pistons, I don't know if the Pistons have the number one guy in the league. Kind of thing. That's it's hard. You, that that's almost impossible to predict from a draft status, right? Like Kawhi Leonard was that guy. He got drafted fifteenth. Uh, I think it was fifteen. You know, um, it's very, very, very rare that you know you're LeBron James. Oh my God, he's absolutely not just the number one, but the best player in the history of the league. Talent comes along. Yeah. You think about like an Anthony Davis or. You know, either a Carl Anthony Towns or even a Luka Doncic, none of those guys are guys who are guaranteed to be be the best player in the t- in the league. And yet, those are the guys who I think are the best prospects I've ever seen. Mm. So, it's it's hard to think about. But in, you've got a guy who should be an All NBA guy for multiple years, and I, I don't know how to process my excitement. <laughs>
0: Yep, I think that was something we all knew coming in. (laughs) But one quick thing before we go. I just want to say we might need to re-retire Ben Wallace's number once again. I'm stealing that from, I believe it was Dave had tweeted it. Uh, Or Tony, Tony Dombrowski had tweeted this, but we need to re-retire Ben Wallace's number. He is such a great good luck charm, and it was nice seeing him on the broadcast.
1: Hey, you you see... Let me spin up You see the Chauncey Billups bobblehead right there? I yeah. rubbed its head before the draft, and I think that's what did it. <laughs> I also said you someone see else this Chauncey did... Billups jersey I'm wearing? I wore it, and I think that's what did it. So, like, you know, don't give Ben all the credit. I did a lot of work today.
0: <laughs> Everyone did some work on this. Everyone deserves a bit of the pie. All right.
1: <sighs> no, no, I, I think it's just me.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's enough, drunk Jake. You can find them on Twitter at Halbertius, if you want to poke the bear some more. We'll be if you back want to
1: have regrets.
0: We'll be back with you... a more normally structured podcast hopefully next week. Um sure. anything else you got
1: before we go? I'm so fucking happy. I don't know how to pro- I don't this is where I wish I was like a poet so I could write a poem or say something like you know like Arsene Wenger always had a quote in him. Oh yeah. I don't have that in me. I'm just fucking excited. <laughs> You got some time to figure out before you get to Wagner's age, but I, I promise I'm gonna read Wanger's book, which is over there on my nightstand. I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna come back on like next week, and I'm gonna have a thing in my brain that's gonna sound beautiful. It's not gonna be plagiarism, I promise. I'm gonna change at least one of the words.
0: <laughs> we'll see. That'll give someone. That will give everyone something to look forward to coming into next week's pod. All right, everyone. Kate Cunningham is a piston. Good night. Bye.
1: Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.